Hey guys, welcome back to Starring Milan, the podcast. This is season three, episode 18, I believe. I should really like figure out what episode I'm on every time I record because I always forget and have to say I believe. Um, But welcome back. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching. If you're new here and you're listening on the podcast audio app, there is a visual to this podcast. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. And if you're watching on YouTube, there is an audio to this. Um, You can search most podcast apps at starring Milana and you'll find my podcast. Um, Whichever way you're listening, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, a review, give this video a thumbs up, all of the good stuff. And if you want to talk to me, make sure to DM me on Instagram at Starring Milana. So yeah, let's just get um, straight into it. Oh, if you are new here, there's three segments. The first one is called BTS, where we recap my past week. The second one is called um, Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and we try to offer a new or different perspective And the third segment is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. If you've been listening the past couple of weeks, um, these episodes have been a little different just because there's not that much going on in the media that's not uh, coronavirus or quarantine related. You know, we're all at home, so there's not a lot of news besides like what's really going on currently with the pandemic so the talk worthy segments have been much shorter than usual um and the bts for the most part since i've been at home they have also been a little bit shorter so these podcast episodes have been shorter and i'm also usually joined by my um producer lena but she's not been here because she's you know social distancing at her own house so these episodes have been different than my usual and normal podcasts, but nonetheless, I try to give you guys some sort of interesting um, topic, some sort of interesting um, things to talk about or things to listen to. So for today's episode, we're going to be recapping all of my reality TV binging. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the release days for the states during quarantine, and we're going to talk about the other woman, okay? So stay tuned for especially the Dropping Gem segment where we talk about it's not her, it's him, okay? Focusing on the other woman. So let's just get straight into BTS. I know there wasn't um, an episode last week. I how do I say this? I guess I could say I wasn't really feeling it, you know. Um, this season has been a little bit longer than the other two. I have had now 18 episodes in this one. I think the other two were maybe like 12 or 13. I don't know. At this point, I would have usually taken a break. But um, because we're in quarantine, I was thinking, you know, maybe this is a good time to actually put out more content because people are more likely to listen now. But I think last week, you know, I kind of reached a little point where I just needed a break from everything. I started off this um, quarantine and this pandemic really like focused. I created a schedule, a calendar, hour to hour to do list, like structure. I was working out. Um, and then some point like the week before last where I was supposed to release a podcast like last week I really just hit a little bit of a slump I was having a hard time focusing on really anything um, on my work or focusing on my workouts you know I also was on my period I was just having a rough um, couple of days and it kind of turned into a week and I was like you know what like since I started this quarantine off like really like focused and structured I'm just gonna take a week to really Um, just do nothing because I was not in the mood. It wasn't like I was being, I was being a little bit lazy, but also just was not in the mood to do anything. Um, I, uh, 
was kind of feeling a lot of like negative thoughts, was kind of going through a little bit of um, anxiety, you know, when it comes to just like uncertainty after this quarantine, what's going to happen? Like, what am I going to have a job? How am I going to pay the bills? Just like little things like that. I was kind of going through it mentally. Um, and I was just having a hard time really being at home. You know, I have seen my sister and I have seen my parents and I do live with my boyfriend. But for the most part, like I haven't really seen anyone else. I maybe go to a grocery store once a week and that's really about it. And, you know, I, I don't know if you believe in zodiac signs or what, but I'm a Gemini. I crave communication. I love being surrounded by people. I'm very social. Um, but I also like to spend time alone at home literally alone just by myself in my own bed with like no one around I have that side of me as well but you know these past what has it been five weeks six weeks I don't know I've been at home since like March 14th so um I started before there was an actual stay-at-home order but um it's been hard for me not being around physically around people like although we have zoom calls and we can call each other or text each other for me it's been hard not physically being around people and having those kinds of interactions so I had a bit of a hard time the past um week and um you know, I was also, I don't know if this attributed to it, it might have, you know, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but I was watching The Handmaid's Tale and we finished all three seasons and that show really just gets you thinking and puts you like in a mood, you know, it really just shows um, how you need to be careful what kind of things you're consuming because it got me into like this dark hole of just like conspiracy theories and governments and like all kinds of stuff, as silly as it sounds, it really just kind of puts you in a... Uh, some type of mood so that really had an effect on how I was feeling as well um, and then you know it started to pick up a little bit I talked to my friend Lena she gifted me this really nice um, daily devotional book I got you know a package in the mail I was like oh, I haven't ordered anything and it was this book and it was just kind of like a motivational or inspirational quote every single day of the every single day of the year and it was so sweet I have two other daily devotionals that I kind of read on and off and I've honestly finished both of them the past couple of years so this is a new one and it was really nice of her just kind of try to lift my spirit so that kind of got me you know um kind of put me in a positive mood and then I watched a, a church service by my pastor and here's just a couple of things that um, he was talking about that I just felt like I really needed to hear in you know last week and in, in this like space that I was in um, it really just I don't know kind of gave me the push I needed to keep going during this time. Um, some of the things he said was, God did not ordain for us to remain the same. God sent a global shaking to reintroduce you to the world he placed you in. So ask God, what does the reinvent, reinvent, reinvention of me look like? Who am I now? Um, you know, he says, pray about keeping you from frivolous rhythms. Um, what is God's interpretation of me post-pandemic? Um, he talked about stagnation, which means doing nothing, which was the space I was in versus activation, activation, posturing yourself for God's elevation. So really just putting into perspective of like, yeah, you can be still and you should be still. There's sometimes where um, people do, you know, some people are going 24-7. Their mind is always racing, which was me before this especially. And I think some people... For some people, it's like, oh, work on that thing that you didn't have time to work on before. And for others, it was like, because you've always been working on that thing, you are in a different position when it comes to a pandemic. You need to kind of be still and listen and regroup. So 
you know, there was that moment of like not doing anything, but now I need to be in the space of activation, which he described as posturing myself for God's elevation. Um, and another thing he talked about is, you know, right now is kind of a time for suffering. A lot of people are seeing this as like an unusual time in our um, existence. And he talked about, you know, without suffering, it's hard to decipher what is valuable versus what isn't, what does matter versus what doesn't. Um, suffering has an end, not destroying you, but destroying what's not you. So this was really interesting because I think during this time I also have realized like what things are important, what things I can live without. Um, and so yeah, it just put me in a much better place. I feel very grateful for my friends and family. I'm kind of like managing those like negative thoughts or any anxiety that comes in and out of my mind throughout my day. So um, I'm a little bit in a better space and I hope that if anyone's listening and they've been kind of going back and forth with this same um thought process. I hope that you guys kind of find a little bit of motivation or inspiration, um, from, you know, me and from this, from this podcast. Um, all of my lash extensions are officially gone. (laughs) These are lash strips, which I haven't worn for years and I don't love because I cannot put them on, um, correctly. It might look good on camera from a distance, but it's not really that hot. So these are lash strips. Um, my nails are, uh, painted. My sister came over and painted my nails. So, you know, they look decent. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with my beauty routine. My hair grew out to the point where I can kind of put it into a ponytail, a low ponytail without hairs hanging out. So, that's where I'm at with that. And my eyebrows, um, they are actually atrocious. I have eyebrow hair gel to hold them down right now, like to slick them down. But yeah, they're looking really rough. Um, that is probably going to be my first stop once we're out. So what else? So BTS. Um, I have, because I was kind of in that slump, I was really just watching a lot of TV and cooking, you know, veggie tacos and comfort food, the same thing that I was actually been doing this entire uh, quarantine, but I've been watching a lot of TV. Uh, Before I get into the TV segment of all of this, I'm going to talk about my book club. So we are maybe a week or so away from the Jessica Simpson book. Honestly, guys, I could have read this book in two days. I am obsessed with this book. Um, I don't want to put it down, but because I'm in a book club, we have, you know, designated amount of pages that people can, you know, uh, commit to per week so right now we're reading at about like 70 pages um a week and i like i said i could have finished this book in two days because i don't want to put it down um if you haven't read it read read it please if you haven't read it if you have not read the book please read the book um i really recommend it a few i'm not going to go into detail but there are a few like spoilers you know um she did talk about what it was like to be on reality tv and to have the cameras and the production crew there right after her marriage when they did newlyweds and i thought that was like a really interesting insight on that and um she talked about you know her relationship which no one knew it was like an emotional affair with johnny knoxville which like really blew my mind i had no idea um and then and, you know, now is kind of where she's divorced Nick. And now she talks about like that divorce process and what, where she put her blame on herself, where he was, um, where she put blame on him. So this was really interesting and how her people, his people really wanted her to sign a prenup before she got married because he was the one that had the money and the fame, like more money and more fame. And at the end of it, when they were getting a divorce, Nick's people were requesting more and more money. And it was just so interesting to me how like tables turned. But yeah, I went into a deep like rabbit hole of like Jessica Simpson music of 98 Degrees. And I honestly like there's a couple of songs that were hits for music. I actually really like them. So I'm going to add them to one of my playlists. Um, I am sad that this book is going to 
be done but that just means we're going to start a new book and I'm really like into reading you know good interesting books um the book that I'm going to recommend for the book club so how this goes it's a digital book club that I started and people if I listen to this podcast kind of were like oh I want to read and they started DMing me and we have different people um who are interested in the current book that we're reading they joined the the um, book club we discuss the book every Monday um and it's in our Instagram DM so it's not like overwhelming and it's not difficult you don't have to you know be on a call or meet in person it's a weekly like recap just to hold ourselves accountable to actually read so I, the way it goes is I usually recommend the book that I would like to read or I give them one or two books and say, hey guys, like what book are you guys interested in reading next? Everyone kind of votes on a book. I promote the book on my Instagram stories. And then if you're new and you want to join the book club, you DM me and say, hey, like I'm interested in reading this book. And then I add you to the new group chat for that book. So the book that I'm going to pitch, and I hope that everyone is down because I'm going to read it either way, like whether it's for the book club or just on my own, but it's called... Um, where the crawdads sing first of all i was like what is a crawdad i had to google it i guess it's like a form of a crawfish i don't know but when i looked up this book first of all my cousin recommended this book to me then when i was googling like best reads for like 2019 2020 this book kept coming up and i went on amazon and i have never seen over 150,000 reviews on something and it has five stars this book has 150,000 reviews on amazon five stars new york times bestseller and it is on reese witherspoon's book club list and i like in Reese Witherspoon we trust I love her I think everything she touches is like gold she's like brilliant so for me when she like recommends a book I really want to read it so um and then I, th- I read that I think she's going to make it into a feature film either her or someone I, I, I don't know I read this article but we are I'm going to pitch that book hopefully everyone's down to read it it looks really really good um and that is probably going to be the next book for the book club so speaking of Reese Witherspoon let's get into this tv segment um I finished Little Fires Everywhere. If you guys need a new show, please watch it. It's short. I think there's only like eight episodes. I wish there were more. It was a book-churned um, limited series. I think kind of like Big Little Lies. Reese Witherspoon's really good at um, doing this. Like her production company, they read books, they like them, they turn them into films or TV shows. And I needed something that was like Big Little Lies. Just like a housewife, a nosy housewife. Like I love this like... And everyone has like a deep, dark past. This is definitely like the kind of theme that I love in a show or a book. So I really enjoyed Little Fires Everywhere. The kids are so cute. Um, I really hope that they renew it for a second season. You know, it's hard when I don't even know if there's a part sequel to this book, but um, they can always come up with something to... um, to kind of continue the show like kind of keep the show going so I'm really interested in that possibility um I did talk about Handmaid's Tale we did finish it you know it's a really good show it's also a book that became a show and it's very well written I have to tell you guys though it is very depressing um I have never been happier for a show to end. I was really kind of over it because it really put me in a dark, dark, depressing mood. Like I've never watched something where the last episode is sadder than the the current episode is sadder than the last. Like it just kept getting worse and worse. And every time you got like a little bit of like silver lining or you got some sort of like moment of like celebration or joy, it just went back to just like something else went wrong so I mean I think it's very well done I think it definitely gets you thinking and um I think it's a great show it's just very depressing and if you're not in the right mood to watch it um it could really you know bring you to I don't know just kind of 
be a mood kill. That's the best way I can put it. Um, what else? Insecure is back. I love Insecure. I love Issa Rae. I'm so happy that it's back um, every Sunday on HBO. So far, so good. I love that Asian Bay is like all up in these episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm this like Condola and like her and like sharing the boyfriend and the ex situation is just like real life shit happens. It's happened before. LA is much smaller than we think. So I really am interested to see where this show goes. Another thing about it is I really wish the episodes were longer. Like it's, they're so funny. They're so well done. And I just feel like there's not enough of them. They're sh too short for me. Um, and what else? So I told you guys last week that I needed a new reality show to start. And um, I started, uh, I watched a couple of episodes of 90 Day Fiance. I really like it, but I needed something like a little more, you know, glamorous. So I started watching Vanderpump Rules. Um, look, it's not Housewives, okay? But I think it's good. I think it's a less scripted more entertaining version of the hills and this group of people i can't even believe some of this shit like this girl stopped with her best friend's boyfriend i mean i just i can't even believe that people behave this way but apparently they do um but i am now on season five and this is what i mean like that one day that week where i was really like not feeling it like one of the days i've been i watched an entire season in in its in, in its entirety in one day so yeah, I was really in a slump, if, if you can't tell. But so far, I'm enjoying it. I heard that it gets a little, like, blah the next season. But I'll just be the judge of that. I, I'm going to definitely finish it. And, of course, Teen Mom and Jersey Shore and all those shows are on TV. So I'm watching it week by week as a new episode is released. I also started The Last Dance, um, which is the, um, I guess it's a documentary uh, about the 97, 98, Chicago Bulls or 96, 97 Chicago Bulls season um and they have like a lot of footage from it and um they have like they have people sitting in and giving commentary so they had like Michael Jordan they have um Phil Jackson they have a bunch of people and they even have Barack Obama who instead of saying the former president of the United States they called they put him they put Barack Obama Chicago resident and I know that they did that to kind of say like they have to say Chicago resident because they're talking about like the Chicago Bulls so they want people who are are like you know, know about Chicago or experts on Chicago or lived in Chicago during this time, during the, the, this Bulls, um, championship run. But it's like, we could have just put former U.S. president, you know, like it's just kind of crazy to see like Chicago resident. It was weird. Um, but so far so good. It's just interesting to me because, you know, when they were really in the, in the, the, the Bulls were really in the height of their, career and like the winnings and everything I had just moved to America I moved to America December 96 and at that point I think they had won already like five championships so like I quickly like you know became aware of who the Bulls were and you know I, I actually was a fan of basketball I used to watch basketball with my dad like every day but but I really, you know, my era was the Kobe era because I was, I understood more. Like when I, the first season I really started watching basketball was when Kobe got drafted and, you know, I watched him play with the Lakers live. I watched him on TV. And for me, it was just like, that was, you know, to me, that was my Jordans, Kobe. So, um, I didn't know much about the Bulls. Um, so this is really interesting for me. I'm learning a lot, especially the backstory of, um, that team throughout those years. Now I'm going to finish off this BTS segment with all of my housewives commentary. So I think I told you guys in the last episode that I have now watched every single franchise of Real Housewives of 
every city um, and I've watched every episode. So I have seasons and seasons and probably thousands of episodes under my belt because I love the Housewives franchise. And I, um, you know, and right now some of them are, are supposed to be currently being filmed. Atlanta just finished. I can't wait to the reunion. I don't know how this is going to happen. Um, if they're going to do this, I guess they're going to do this on their phones. I don't, or like from their houses, it's going to be like a virtual reunion. Um, Real Housewives of Potomac, their new season starts in May. So that's exciting. Real Housewives of New York came back and Sonia Morgan is just being Sonia Morgan. And Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is also back. And, you know, I, th- I was really interested to see what this season was going to be like without Lisa Vanderpump. This is her first season not on the show. Um, Kyle Richards is the only OG left and I don't know I'm fine so far you know I'm really glad they're back I think I then two new housewives so Garcelle I love her I actually saw her at the Booth Clicko polo event last year she was so nice to me she was like I love your outfit um she's beautiful so I'm really I'm excited to see her I like her I like the friendship her and Erica Girardi are building and I love Erica she's my favorite um and then Sutton Strake I don't really not loving her so far. She's a little too bougie for me. I don't like people who are like labels, 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 couture, couture, couture. Um, you know, it's a little just too, like I'm too good for you attitude and I'm not really here for it. So um, yeah, I can't really say I'm her biggest fan yet. If you've never watched an episode of Housewives, I'm, and you're interested, I'm going to kind of you don't know where to start. You're like, which city do I watch? So I'm going to kind of give you guys a breakdown of like where I think you should start and like what the best ones are. And I'm going to also tell you who my favorite housewives are. Um, so first of all, I think the best franchise, and I, I think most people will agree with me, is Real Housewives of Atlanta. They are the funniest. They are the most interesting. Um, they are also the most watched franchise, and they are the most watched show on Bravo, period, overall. So, like, nobody tops Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, and that is my favorite. The second one I would say is probably Real Housewives of New York, just because like their problems were just way too real. Like it, you know, n- none of these shows are really, none of these franchises are scripted. Like obviously the scenarios are produced, right? Like you, the environments are produced. You have to in order to get the cameras and everything. But um, I think New York was the most like was after Atlanta was like the most interesting, very much real. Like the problems are like, oh my God, like you watch all of them start the franchise off as married and happy. And then at this point, like everyone is divorced and no one's in a relationship. And it's so funny to me because you watch their whole lives kind of like, I mean, it's not funny, it's sad, but you watch their whole lives the past like 10, 11 years just change and it's so interesting to see them as people too so I would say that one is second um and then then third I would it's kind of tied for me between like Beverly Hills and New Jersey I think both are very interesting they're so different um but I I love both of them um and then very low on my list and then Potomac you know there's just in there somewhere I don't know I'm in Dallas and there's somewhere but last on my list is OC like if you are just you don't really have to watch it. Besides that whole cancer scare point, um, that fake they faked cancer, that one season or those two seasons. Besides that, I mean, it was really honestly, it could be interesting. They are kind of crazy, but they're very like, blah. Like I, I'm very low on my list. I honestly, you you could get away with not watching it and you'll be fine. Um, it's not when you're thinking of like. It, it kind of started off with like you're thinking like Real Housewives of OC, you're thinking like uh, the OC, the show, you're thinking of like Laguna Beach and it kind of just turned into like, I don't know, Real Housewives of whatever city is near there that's not by the beach, that's not the beach, at like Glendora, I don't even know. It's just not that interesting, it's not glamorous, it's not very aspirational to me, so um, very low on my list for that one. 
Now, I'm going to give you guys my list of favorite housewives. And what I mean by favorite, I don't mean the ones that are like, you know, causing the most drama or stir everything up or like the craziest. What I mean by favorite, I mean like people that I can actually see myself being like friends with, like housewives that I like respect or like something about them is like I really like and I can see myself being friends with them. So from New York, I would say it's Sonia Morgan. She is just like a butterfly, just like flies through life. She's like light and spirit and she's just so free and I love that about her. Um, from Beverly Hills, it's hands down Erica Girardi or Erica Jane, depending on the day. Um, I just don't, there's no one like cooler than her, badder than her, uh, nicer than her. Actually, I know a lot of people that know her, met her and just say the nicest things about her, which is always great to hear. So I love Erica and she's the most stylish of all, I believe. Um, from Potomac, I would say it's still kind of new because only a couple of seasons in, but so far I think I like Monique Samuels. Like she's the least messiest. I really like her marriage and I don't know. She's cool. Like I like her. She seems like a cool chick from Dallas. It was kind of hard because same thing. I'm not really like in love with any of them, but I think Stephanie Holman is just very nice and just seems like a really good friend to have. Um, from New Jersey, I would say it is Melissa Gorga and her husband, Joe Gorga. If you watch the show, you know, he's deemed as the seventh housewife and I love them. Um, they really make the show from Atlanta. I have a tie. I would say it's Candy Burris. I think she's so cool. She's always reinventing herself. She's great for the show. Um, and Portia. I have never laughed, laughed harder in my life than when Portia Williams does her conventional interview. She's so funny. Like, I just, I don't know. She's, she's hilarious. I love her. And OC, it's really just slim pickings. Um, honestly, it's so slim. I don't really know. I like, I like, I'm picking housewives that are current. You know, if it was like all housewives of all time, I'd probably say like Heather Dubrow, but since it's current, I would say probably Shannon Bedore. That would be the only housewife that I can, that I would say is most interesting from, that franchise um and that's it a lot of you guys always dm me about reality tv and you guys give me like your two cents of like what i should watch or you send me like housewives things so feel free to like hit me up about my choices and let's have a discussion because i love talking all things housewives and that's it for the bts segment let's get into talk worthy like i said um there's not much going on besides coronavirus so uh coronavirus here we go so um you know some states are opening up i know that georgia is opening up this week and that means like salons and barbershops and all of that stuff, which I think is crazy because I think we went from like staying at home, no one goes out to like straight up opening up, you know, like going back in, like, like not gradually, just like straight up going back into regular life. I think it's really interesting. And, um, a lot of states are opening up by May 15th. I think most states would open their businesses and just like kind of go back to, or try to go back to normal. I don't think New York has necessarily an end date and I don't think California does either. I know that the mayor of Los Angeles set up until May 15th, but the governor never put an official, um, date on when, you know, things will open up and when we can like start leaving our houses. So for now, LA and New York are kind of just like, we'll figure it out. I am just like, I'm, I'm not, even if they tell us May 15th, we're good to go. They start opening up businesses and stuff. I probably won't be leaving my house for the most part, maybe going to my friend's house here and there, but for the most part until at least June 1st, like I want people to be out and about and like, let me get the sass for those past two weeks and then I'll make my decision. I'm just not ready to go back to regular life so quickly. I think it needs to be gradual. So I don't understand, you know, 
why they're they're just i don't know it took china like three whole months from to open up and that's how they i mean that's what they said we don't know how they've been able to contain it i think really i really do think that you know the end of this week is just too soon in my opinion so we'll see um I haven't really been watching the news. I don't really know a lot of what's going on. You know, every now and then I read read a tweet or something. But I did see that Trump told, you know, the governors, like, he's going to leave it up to them and their discretion up to when they want to open up, you know, their states. And I think that's kind of like chickening out. It's kind of like a weird way of saying, like, hey, it's on you. So that means, like, if your state all of a sudden has a rise in coronavirus, um, you know, numbers, then it's your fault. You open up too soon. Or if it's like, oh, we're back to normal. The economy is great. Great, guys. Like, I told you, you can open up. Like, see, no big deal. And, like, take credit for that. So for me, I just, I don't know if that's the way that you know, we should be operating, but you know, it is what it is. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen for the rest of this year. You know, I don't know if Coachella is going to happen. I don't know if they're going to allow these like big gatherings, like a lot of, uh, celebrities have canceled their, their events, their, um, their concerts and that kind of stuff. So I don't know if we're even going to be able allowed to have big events, um, maybe small and like private events, like weddings, but I don't know if like massive events like festivals are still going to be um allowed for the rest of the year i don't even know if they should and like i don't if they are i wouldn't go and i don't think people should be going anyway because it's just too soon like we don't know when this thing is gonna come back around so yeah i'm here until june 1st and we'll see hopefully it opens up before my birthday because i have my birthday is on the 9th june 9th i have a great idea for my 30th birthday and um i'm hoping that i'm able to do it and you know at that point we'll see i'm gonna keep it fairly small so who knows um so that's really it I mean everything else is really just like coronavirus related I mean Anderson Cooper that interview with Carol Gold uh Goodman I don't know if a lot of you guys saw it. it's the Las Vegas mayor and she basically said that she wants to open up the casinos and she wants to be the controlled group like in the experiment to see like oh we'll be the city that opens up their doors and hopefully like people don't get sick which I thought was just so crazy um and yeah, I mean, everything is just like coronavirus related. Um, mm, oh, Chipotle, of course. So there's a Chipotle, um, there's a Chipotle federal food safety case for 25 million. What is this? Okay, here, this is a piece of an article that I found. The fast food company was charged in Los Angeles federal court with two counts of violating the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act by serving adulterated food. Um, that caused four outbreaks of norovirus, which causes diarrhea, vomiting, and abdominal cramps, and food poisoning incident. The company admitted that poor safety practices, such as not keeping food at proper temperatures to prevent pathogen growth, sickened customers in Los Angeles and nearby Simi Valley, as well as Boston, Sterling, Virginia, and Powell, Ohio. Um, the string of outbreaks, which began in August 2015 in Simi Valley, came about two months before an E. coli outbreak at Chipotle spread to multiple states that temporarily closed dozens of restaurants and hurt sales as other food scares emerged. The criminal case was not related to E. coli. So here's the thing. Um, first of all, I've had food poisoning from Chipotle. I had food poisoning from Chipotle in high school, and that caused me to not eat Chipotle again for several years. Um, you know, guys, like, we got to stop eating that shit. Every time you hear something in the media about Chipotle, it is bad. Like something is wrong with the food. Someone's getting sick. I don't know what they're waiting for. They're waiting for someone to die. It's really crazy. I actually, 
I've had Chipotle probably like twice this year and I'm not happy about it. It's just been moments where I've had to like quickly go and scarf food down. And because I don't eat meat, it's hard for me to eat fast food. Um, and that is one of the only fast food places that I could eat at. So like I order rice and beans. I don't even order their, their guacamole because I don't even know what's wrong with their guacamole or their avocado, you know? So I just don't even order that. I only just get rice, beans, cheese, like onions. Like that's really my bowl. Um, but I can't imagine eating their meat. I don't even eat their like their meat-free meat, whatever it is, the sofritas, the tofu, I don't know what it is. I don't even eat that because I just don't trust like them, their oil, like how they make the shit. So I honestly think that like we really need to like really just take it easy on Chipotle and probably stop eating that shit because every time there's some sort of, every couple of years or someone's sick, there's E. coli, there's something. Um, that was crazy. Um, and that's it for BTS. So now we're going to get into the dropping gems segment. Now this week's episode was inspired by, uh, Vanderpump Rules, uh, season basically. Um, I was watching season, I guess, two or three, I don't even know, and it seemed to me that one of the stars of the show, Kristen, was blaming another girl on the show named Ariana for her boyfriend allegedly cheating on her with him, um, and in one of the scenes, she really flipped out on this girl, you know, saying, like, this girl's ruining my relationship, this girl's respectful to my relationship, this, this, and that, but in reality, it was her boyfriend who should have gotten the blame. So this got me, you know, thinking into the the topic and that we always hear about, like, the other woman or don't blame the other woman, blame your boyfriend. And I just wanted to give like my thoughts and my perspective on this topic. I know that I've done an episode in the past about how to get over cheating or how to get past cheating. Um, if that's what you want to do and if you want to stay with someone who's cheated on you. And I think we touched on this briefly about the other person, but um, I want to go into depth for today's topic on the other woman. And I'm going to use the word women. Of course, it can be the other men. But I think um, usually when a woman cheats with another man, men have a different way of handling the situation. The boyfriend very... Mm, rarely I think goes and blames the guy it's automatically you know he automatically blames his girlfriend and I'm talking about heterosexual sexual relationships so for this particular situation I'm going to speak um from you know a girlfriend being cheated on by her boyfriend with another girl so I'm you know the other woman this is kind of what we're focusing on I want to start off by saying that I've never been the other girl um and it's hard to say, I don't want to say never say never because every time people say never, they end up like eating their own shit. So I do not believe that and I do not see myself in the future ever being the um, other woman and knowingly. And when I say that, I mean knowingly because sometimes you just don't know. So knowingly, I don't foresee myself ever really putting myself in a situation where I am the other person. Um, and it has to do with a couple of things, you know. First of all, I believe in karma. So for me to know that someone's in a relationship and to still go ahead and, you know, pursue that person or engage in conversations or, um, you know, kind of think about our future or whatever, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, I just don't see myself doing that because I believe in karma and I think that things come back around and, you know, how you got them is how you lose them and um, that whole mindset. So that would be the first reason why I wouldn't do it. But the second reason 
to me is that I have pride issues. I always have. And I just can't imagine myself stooping down to a level where, you know, I'm being used like that. Like I'm a secret. I'm a cliche, right? Like I have too much pride to just be sitting here being the other woman while you have a whole relationship that you're flaunting. So pride issues would really keep me away from ever being the other woman. But, you know, again, that is uh, all assuming that I would know that someone is in a relationship. A lot of the time, and most of the time, people don't know. Like, you can be dating somebody and you have no idea that they have a girlfriend. And, you know, we can sit here and talk about women's intuition and women being detectives and you, how are you the other woman? You do not know that he has a girlfriend. Sometimes people just don't know, especially not in the beginning. And, and they can be charmed and they can be swooed and they can fall for somebody and have no idea that they were in a relationship. Majority of the time, you end up finding out and like whether you decide to leave or stay that's a different story but I think there are a lot of cases where people start off by not knowing and they don't know for a long time so with that being said if you are with somebody and they are cheating on you and you find out about the other woman um you know how you handle the situation says a lot about you. It says a lot about the kind of relationship you have. And it says a lot about the kind of relationship you want to have. And I think that eventually what I really want to do is have a person um, come on where we can talk about this conversation who is open to having this kind of conversation on camera who's been the other woman um, knowingly or unknowingly I would love to have a guest like that because I really want to understand their experience and their and their perspective. Um, you know, I I think maybe I might be wrong, but sometimes the other women may rationalize it where it kind of is like, it's not my fault. He's the cheater. I'm not the cheater. And now like I'm in too deep to kind of end it. So if he really loves me, otherwise he wouldn't be, you know, pursuing this with me even though he has a girlfriend his girlfriend's crazy and can't leave her but he really wants to be with me I think that's how people rationalize being the other woman sometimes um I don't know again I would love to have a guest on this topic so you know if you are if you have been the other woman knowingly or unknowingly I would love to have you as a guest because I'm really interested in that perspective um and I think the audience would be too so uh dm me but the perspective that I'm going to take here is um, if you are a girlfriend and you've been cheated on, okay, the other girl and the other girl doesn't know, or maybe she does know, and, and she's not your friend, she doesn't owe you anything. I want to say this very clearly, and this is like going to be the running theme of today, is that you, like that person doesn't owe you shit, period. Um, you know, I want to say that although the other woman maybe knows your boyfriend is in a relationship but doesn't care if that's kind of sleazy and it sucks but again at the end of the day like they don't owe you shit so you can't be mad at a person who doesn't owe you shit in life okay um you know who does owe you something your boyfriend that's committed to you so why are you going and blaming the other girl um I think that, you know, you have the right to do whatever you want with your partner that cheated on you, whether you want to get back together, whether you uh, want to be single, whether you want to leave, whatever you want to do. Don't spend time and energy and emotions blaming somebody else for your significant other's mistakes, right? That is a kind of like a deflected energy. You should be focused on your significant other who has betrayed you, Um and remember that if it wasn't this girl, it would be somebody else, okay? The other problem with blaming her, the other girl, is that you're taking the blame away from him. Um, 
you're showing your significant other that it's not his fault and somehow he gets seduced and you're placing the blame on somebody else and you're not holding them accountable. So when you're not holding somebody accountable, you're showing them that it's okay that they made this mistake and you're going to blame it on someone else and they're more more than likely to do it again. Um Men aren't like passive objects, okay? We can't. We don't just like steal a man from somebody. No one can be stolen. They have to. They they choose to do what they do. They choose to leave. So with that being said, he made the decision to leave or to cheat. He wasn't stolen or tempted or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that other person did not make a commitment to you. Again, I want to remind you, they don't owe you anything. They don't own you. Don't owe you honesty. Nothing. Your significant other made that commitment, so they owe you that. Um, and I think that the truth at the end of the day is that it hurts less to blame someone else that isn't the person that you're in love with. It's easier to be angry with someone else who you don't know versus your boyfriend. And that, I think, is one of the reasons that people put so much blame on someone else versus their significant other. Because at the end of the day, they love them. They might want to make it work. And if they can take the blame away from them and put it on someone else, it hurts less and it's easier to kind of like close your eyes to it and kind of keep going. So I think that's one of the main reasons that people really put blame on the other woman. Um, and when you're telling, when you're blaming someone else, you're telling him that it's not his fault, right? It's making it seem like it's okay that he did that, making him th think that he didn't have control over the situation. So that, again, I want to remind you is a problem and it will be continue to be a problem in the future if you put blame on somebody else because they're never going to learn their lesson if you don't hold them accountable um and you know i just want to leave you with this like the other woman is not responsible for keeping someone else's man faithful like that is not her job um the primary person at fault is always 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 the primary person at fault is always going to be the cheater which is your boyfriend um I think the only time that you can blame, not necessarily blame the other woman, or, but hold both of them equally accountable is if he's cheating with somebody who is your friend. And that's happened before I saw this on Vanderpump Rules, right? So the only time you can blame, put equal blame is if it is somebody that um, is your friend or someone that you know. So, you know, I just want to leave you guys with this. It's not her, it's him. Always hold accountable the people that are making promises and commitments to you, not someone who is an outsider in a situation, who has no commitment to you, and who doesn't owe you shit. So that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have an amazing week. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share it. Hashtag Milana Monday. Um, DM me. Let's have a conversation, whether it's about housewives, whether it's about being the other woman, whether it's being cheated on, whatever it is. DM me. I love having conversations with you guys. Um, let me know how your quarantine is going. And... Uh, uh, DM me, let me know if there's any topics you'd like me to talk about. Um, that's at Starring Milan on Instagram. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on podcast apps, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, a review, a comment, thumbs up, whatever application that you're using. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Have a great week.